0: Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number six. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is gspn.tv. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I'm here... Each and every week, giving you advice, answering your questions about virtual assistants, how they can help you to become more productive, more profitable, more efficient in your day-to-day work life. So there are many of you out there who are still on the fence about whether or not to hire a virtual assistant. You're just like, I just don't know what that would be like, you know, and it's the unknown sometimes. It, it, it's not necessarily that it's difficult. I think the first five episodes have really probably helped broaden your mind uh, as to what the benefits of hiring a virtual assistant are and, you know, the fact that they're like an employee and that you get all this work done for you that you need to get done, but it they're not like like an employee in that you don't have to pay tax, payroll taxes and match their federal unemployment and and social security and pay unemployment insurance and, and offer benefits and all this other stuff. You get all of the good stuff, all the good benefits and the drawbacks of having an employee. You just don't have those. And so maybe you've already had your idea, your, your mind broadened, but you just don't understand what it would feel like to actually have a virtual assistant doing work for you. Maybe the idea and the thought of delegating is scary. And we're going to get to that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, We've got a great call from Justin wants to know uh, uh, how to decide what to delegate. But um, basically, it's the unknown about what this experience might be like. And I want to argue for just a moment and say, you probably already have had the experience of hiring a virtual assistant. You just don't know it. Especially for small business owners, I, I know for me, the the scariest thing in the world for me as as launching my business was the accounting stuff. You know, doing the bookkeeping and 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 making sure my taxes are filed and making sure quarterly withhold with quarterly deductions are being made and and submitted to the government. You know, to the Internal Revenue Service. It just seized me with fear, but I recognized it's like, okay, oh, well, I'm going to need to have somebody else do this for me. And I made the decision early on that I was going to hire a CPA, a certified public accountant that's going to keep track of all of this stuff, who knows the tax law, who knows how to make sure that all of my, you know, city and local and state government taxes are all being filed when I pay myself a paycheck and making sure that at the end, you know, at the end of a quarterly Um, period of time that that I've withheld all the appropriate amount and paid in prepaid in all the appropriate amount for each paycheck that I write myself. You know, those kind of things, it just seized me with fear. And I hired a CPA. Now, I will tell you that when I hired my CPA, it was a huge pain in the butt. I mean, getting used to working with them was was not fun. Learning what it is that they were doing for me. I mean, there were things that they were doing for me. I had no idea how it all worked, and I was trying to stay involved. I, I wanted to, make, you know, want to make sure that they're not doing any mistakes. And by the way, my CPA office made some mistakes. They made some broad-based assumptions upon the work that I was doing. Uh, and, and I said, you know, Hey, these numbers here don't jive. They said, well, why, you know, are you, aren't you doing this? And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And they said, Oh, and so I had to keep my eye on what they were doing, but at overall, overall, and of course I've had my same CPA now, uh, for two and a half years. I'm still not ex- I mean, I'm not exceedingly excited about the work that they do for me, but It's 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 something that's getting done. I have I feel that it's being done well. Um, And and, you know, overall, I've come to be a lot more at ease through this relationship that I've developed with my CPA and their employees. Now, here's the situation. Hiring a virtual assistant is really not much different than me hiring a CPA. So let's see some of the some of the similarities here is number 1 these people are doing work for my business they are an extension of the things that need to be accomplished for me to run my business on a day by day basis these people are doing for me these are things i could try to do myself but i hate accounting i hate taxes i hate numbers and so therefore i paying i'm paying for a service for somebody else to take that kind of anxiety, that kind of worry, that kind of work off of my desk, and I'm delegating all of that stuff to them. I get papers from the IRS. I get I get envelopes from from the state of Kentucky wanting to know my sales tax. I, I get all of these documents that are are related to the bookkeeping of my business. And I open them up. I glance at them just to make sure that it's not saying, hey, you're going to prison unless you don't contact us within 10 days. I've never had that, thank God. Uh, but here's the situation. I want to make sure that these things aren't taking up my day. I'll give you a perfect example of this. I had already hired my CPA and I had a document sitting on my desk. And it's one that I could have done, you know, technically, it only when I actually sat down to do it. It only took me about 20 minutes to do, you know, really, honestly, it only took me 20 minutes to do, but I will tell you this. I filed that report late and had to pay, I think, about a $25 penalty for turning it in late. You know why? Because I kept it on my desk. And I held on to it for three and a half weeks. Now here's the situation. It was on my daily to-do list every single day. I kept pushing it back, pushing it back. I would open it up, pull it out of my out of its envelope, and I would I would stare at it, I would look at it, I would dread doing it. And all of a sudden, anything and everything that could come up and and take my mind off of that project, it would immediately do that. And so therefore, um it, it just got put off. And this is where finally I said, you know what, I'm paying for my CPA to handle these things. I took that form in. they said, you can bring us this. In fact, you know, you're actually still doing your EFTPS quarterly payments out of your account. You know, that's a service that we provide. I'm like, you guys do this? And so here I am. This is the exact same relationship that I have with my virtual assistant. A different field than bookkeeping, but still It's the same type of relationship. These are people that I'm just paying for a service. And I want to suggest for those of you who have a CPA that does your bookkeeping for you, really the relationship between you and your CPA is very little uh, in, in, in that of the relationship that you have with your virtual assistant that does administrative tasks for you or whatever tasks that you have your VA doing. So you may already be used to using the type of services that a VA would offer, as far as the relationship and how how that how that works out and delegating things, uh, but just didn't realize it because the term virtual assistant seems to be so out there and so luminous. But but honestly, here here's a couple other ones. Uh, one, you know, in my business, um, it's important for me to be able to focus on the things and the tasks that I do here that earn and generate money for me. Uh, and one of the things that on Saturdays on the weekends really would be the only time I would have to mow my lawn. But, uh, to be honest with you, I could actually sit here and do things that are much more valuable and, and make $150 an hour doing something on a Saturday versus mowing my grass, which would take me about an hour or hour and a half to cut my grass. And instead I pay a guy monthly, uh, to come out once a week and to mow my lawn for me. He's my virtual assistant. I mean, literally, he's not an employee. He he's somebody who is a contract you know that I contract work out to to do things for me, and and it's very similar. I, I I didn't realize it, but the guy who cuts my lawn for me, my lawn service, is like a virtual assistant. Um, you know, we could go really crazy and say the guy who picks up my trash out there, you know, I I don't have to do that. I don't have to pay somebody to come and collect my trash. I could literally go out and get a pickup truck and I could drive my trash to the city dump once a week if I wanted to, or (laughs) maybe a couple days a week. But the thing is, is I don't do that. What do I do? I have a guy that comes to my curb and picks up my trash for me. It, it, it These are delegating tasks out to other businesses, none of which are considered to be an employee. And, and I want people to understand, I want you guys to understand that hiring a virtual assistant is the same as going and having somebody do oil changes on your car. You, maybe you have an insurance agent that goes out and, and files claims for you and, and, and makes sure that your coverage is up to date. Maybe uh, in your business, you've hired somebody to do graphic artwork, you know, to create a logo for your brand and and stuff like that. Or you have a, somebody who's dev- designed your Web site, you know, maybe you've hired somebody like me as a podcast consultant. And for a, a, a time, you've hired me to d- help you set up your podcast and then coach you along the way. Uh, in a way, I'm a virtual assistant and and so you see how all of these things play together and when you think of it this way think of thinking think of hiring a virtual assistant to help you with administrative tasks or other kind of tasks that you would need specific help with from a virtual assistant it's really no different than any of those other things so so i want to put your mind at ease and saying hiring a virtual assistant is really not that big of a deal you know, I that that's that's huge for me to say because it was that big of a deal. It, there's I don't know what it was. There was this mental block. I just don't know what it would be like to hire a virtual assistant. It's no different than me hiring a, a CPA, an insurance agent, um, you know, and all these other th- services. I mean, I'm sitting here being people's virtual assistants all day, and here I had this concern about what it might be like to hire somebody to help me. It's it's all about delegation. All right. Well, with that being said, hopefully that puts, you know, some perspective about what is it like to hire a virtual assistant. And and the fact is, is you're probably already used to it and you just didn't know it. All right. Moving right along, we have a question this week from my good friend Justin over at CoachRadio.tv. And this is uh, Justin's question. Hi, Cliff. This is Justin Lucas Savage at CoachRadio.tv. And I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to your VA journey podcast. The Question I have, I think a lot of people probably share, is how do you get started? How do you identify what your VA is going to do for you? The things that are taking a lot of your time and not yielding the necessary results that are going to help grow your business. How do you begin to identify what those are? so that you can go out and replace yourself with that virtual assistant thanks for taking the time to answer that cliff this is justin lucas savage at coachradio.tv justin thank you so much for your voice feedback and question and by the way folks You can call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I would love to hear from you your questions for the virtual assistant podcast. Phone number is 859-795-4067. I'll share that number again at the end. But anyway, Justin, how do we decide what we want to delegate? Um, This is great. One of the, I mean, obviously I had made the decision that I was going to hire Andrea as my virtual assistant. And the very first question is now, what do I give her, right? Well, I had some really great Words of wisdom that were given to me from one of my listeners of the Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast that I do. And I can't remember who it was at this moment in time, but they suggested that I start by delegating a task that is an income generating task first. You know, obviously, with the temptation is to to pass off on some of those easy little tiny to-do tasks that, be honest with you, anybody in the world could do. I mean, seriously, you could probably hire a middle school kid to come in and do these few tasks for you, and sure, it's going to free up a couple you know hours of your week with no problem at all, and that's going to be very beneficial to you. But here's the situation. If that's what you do, if that's the first thing that you delegate off to your virtual assistant, Chances are the next time you get a bill and, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, wow, here, I got another bill for $380 for this month. You know what? It was very useful for, for her to do those tasks for me. But uh, you know what? Things are tight right now. And so maybe I'm just going to go ahead and just eventually just phase the service out because it's useful. I see it. But you know what? I I should probably just hunker down, batten down the hatches and just by golly, I just need to discipline myself to do this stuff on my own. That's that's a potential concern that you might have if you were to delegate tasks that are non income generating. Now, for me, I took this advice of only assigning tasks at first that were tied to income generating workflows. And so the situation here is that I, the very first thing that I gave Andrea to do was I trained her how to um, follow up on equipment sales. People had been contacting me for equipment and I would do proposals And I would send them off to them and they say, wow, thanks. Great. I'll get back to you as soon as, uh, you know, probably in about a week or two or whatever. And I had this great system for setting everything up. All right. So setting everything up to, to, to make sure that it all gets followed up on. Well, the problem is, is I never had time to follow up on those equipment orders. And so I trained Andrea how to... Uh, follow up and basically gave her a workflow. It's like, listen, here's here's step one. I want you to read what the, you know, read the exchange that my client and I have had back and forth. Take a look at the, you know, the size of the order and the scope of the order. And then I want you to carefully craft a personalized message from you, uh, Andrea Schumann, assistant to Cliff Ravenscraft at PodcastAnswerMan.com. And she communicates in a very pleasant personable nature you know saying hey I was just checking up if wanted to follow up on a uh, an order for equipment that you and Cliff had discussed the, you know a week two weeks ago back on May 10th, whatever the case may be uh, and and just wanted to see if you had any additional questions or if you'd like to go ahead and proceed with the order. She did that and let me tell you the very first week, the very first week that she worked for me, She actually paid for two months of her services. All right. So get this. I I pay $380 a month for 20 hours a month. It's five hours a week that Andrea helps me out right now. So $380. I sold in, or I didn't sell. She, in one of those sales, just one of them, made me enough profit to pay for two months of her services. Now that, my friends, when it came time to you know pay her the invoice for my virtual assistant the next month, did I have any problem going in and paying that? Absolutely not, none whatsoever. And 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 that's just one example. Now that's a pretty extreme example, but the thing is, is since then she's handled a majority of my orders. All of my equipment orders, in fact, um, go through her. And I've actually starting to get to the point where I've even delegated the proposal. Process to her on some occasions, and to say, "Hey, here's here's a list of the things." Uh, but she will place orders for me now. Uh, she will uh, get the tracking information, communicate that to the client, and then she 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 logs all of my you know my work in spreadsheets so that I can see how my you know profit is going on equipment sales on a week by week or month by month basis she handles it all here's the other situation a another thing that happens from time to time is that I'll need to invoice a client and she follows up on all of my invoices you know to make sure that bills get paid and I've had a couple clients where not that not that they don't pay, but that they're slow to pay. And it's not necessarily that they don't have the money or that they don't want to pay. It's just that, you know, they're kind of like me sometimes. I just get so overwhelmed with the day to day stuff that just sitting down and, and and filling out a check or or going online and, and, and initiating a payment it just gets it gets buried under the massive amounts of work that we have to do on a daily basis. And so what does Andrea do? She follows up. She sends up very pleasant very polite follow-ups to my clients who have not yet paid their invoices and 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 it's very personable it's very pleasant and then you know once they pay she sends them a thank you uh, and and she marks that off my list and it's all taken care of she has collected money from my clients that to be honest with you there were some of them that were like a month and a half over two and it's and it's because i didn't have time to even follow up they but it was all there and she takes care of those things. So here's here's my number one suggestion. So I would suggest finding some things that you do, some tasks that you do on a daily or a weekly basis that are completely tied to generating you income and then assign those tasks first. All right? Okay, what else do we decide to delegate to our virtual assistant? Here's the next big one. Delegate things that you are not good at. All right. Delegate the things that you despise, the things that you hate to do. Um, you know, chances are your virtual assistant is going to en- enjoy doing a lot of these administrative tasks. You know, that they don't require a ton of thought or whatever the case may be. And and all of a sudden, you know, you you just don't have the time to do it. And for them, they can sit there and, and, and you know, just breeze right through that stuff. You know, there are some people out there, they really love number crunching. There are some people out there that really love writing. You know, here's here's my suggestion. Number one, find the things you want to delegate and then find the virtual assistant that fits most of those needs. All right. So that's that's a big one there. But another thing that you can do is you can actually say, okay, I've got a virtual assistant. I would suggest that you ask your virtual assistant, what are your favorite things to do? You know, what is it that you love to do most? And your virtual assistant will tell you what they love to do most. And then you might think, oh, wow, I never thought about that. You know, I could have you write an ebook for me. I could have you do the blog post for me. And I could have you do this for me. And, and, and you'll be surprised. So, find, delegate the things that you like to do the least and ask your virtual assistant what they like to do best. And see if those aren't, if there aren't some tasks that you can pass off to your virtual assistant that way. All right. So the things that you like least, the things that you're not good at, um, you know, obviously for me, I consider my CPA a virtual assistant now. I, I never thought of it that way. But honestly, there, my my CPA is a virtual assistant and I delegated something I despised, which is all my accounting work. Uh, and and they're great at it. I, I'm horrible at it. All right. Here's here's another one. Delegate the things that take up most of your time. Delegate the things that take up most of your time. This is the thing that Justin asked about in his question. He says, you know, hey, how can we how can we do allow other people to do things that make X amount of dollars when I could that will free me up to to do things that make even more money. Any time that we decide to do something ourselves. Where somebody else would be able to do uh, at a lower cost than what we would make doing, you know, with that time doing something else, it's just a bad stewardship decision. So it, it financially, it is a poor business decision for you to do tasks that somebody else will do for 20 bucks an hour when you could be taking that same amount of time and... And doing something as important as maybe spending time with your wife and kids, uh, spending time, uh, doing things that generate you 150 bucks an hour, working on the, you know, uh, actually working on your business and dreaming and setting forth vision and goals that you will need to achieve to get you to the places you want to be in your business. It's a bad decision not to delegate those things. So all these things that are taking up your time, just look at them. I encourage you to go through two or three days of this exercise. Write down everything you do. Keep a journal. Go, go and buy yourself a little um, composition notebook. Uh, they're really cheap. And you probably po- find it at Walmart for 99 cents. Pick up a composition notebook, and I want you to just uh, clip a pen to it, and anything you set your hands to or your mind to, or your mouth to, whatever you do during the day, I want you to write down and log everything you do. And then what I I want you to do is I want you to actually consider honestly, how many of those things uh, can somebody else do for you that would take up a lot less of your, so that it'll take up a lot less of your time and and that it'll make your life more, uh, more Pleasant and, and, and beneficial uh, to your business to have somebody else do it for you. This is another thing that I would do. Uh, and of course, here's the other thing. I want to suggest that you just do it. You know, find something, um, you know, create workflows and, and say, OK, here's something that I need to do. Learn how you do it and then train somebody else how to do those things. But how do you decide what to delegate? I suggest number one. Income generating activities first, delegate the things you like to do the least, delegate the things that you're not good at, delegate the things that take up most of your time, make a list of all the things that you do in an entire week and and then review it or a couple days and then review it and then don't do anything yourself that somebody else could do for you at a much lower cost than the potential Uh, benefit of either time spent with family or time spent with other clients and and obligations that will earn you much more money in the long road Uh, or yeah in the long run sorry so we're going to turn next over to uh, Lee who has a question for us as well Hi, Cliff, it's Leandro calling from Germany. Um, I personally, am not going to hire a VA, but I do know someone in the family who might be interested. And my general or basic question would be, where do you go to find those VAs? Thanks and uh, take care. Well, Lee, thank you very much for your question. And here's the situation. Uh, I'm going to tell you where I found mine. Obviously, for those who have been listening to all six episodes now, you know that I found, I didn't find my virtual assistant. She found me. And for those of us who are on Twitter, this, uh, this is a great activity. I want you to do this right now. Even, even for those of you who aren't looking for a virtual assistant, I want you to do this and watch what happens. All right. Go to twitter.com and, and if you don't have an account already, go ahead and create one. Make sure it's tied to your email address, uh, and, and that you get notified or actually no, it doesn't have to be tied to your email. It, well, it does, but you can make up a fake one if you need to anyway go in and send this status update. I'm thinking about hiring a virtual assistant. Anyone have any recommendations? Question mark. You do that, my friend, and you will be inundated with a huge onslaught of virtual assistants that want to help you understand the nuances of what it's like and and you'll have the pick of your choosing and and so you can sit there it's like you 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 basically have the best of the best that are going to respond because i think any virtual assistant who's going to help you especially in today's society of social networking and branding you know these are the people that i would choose first the people who respond to you on twitter as be, and the reason why they're responding to you is because they have searches out there live twitter searches that so in such that if you were to send a message that had the word virtual or the phrase virtual assistant in it uh, or those keywords in it, they have it set up to where they're notified immediately. And so they're watching the keywords of their industry. And when they see the potential to reach out to somebody who's looking and possibly could benefit from their services, this is somebody I I would say is the first place to go uh, for somebody to help me with my company, my business and understanding the power of social networking. So that that's the first place I would suggest that you go. Of course, you know, I think the very next step is to go to somebody else who has a virtual assistant. All right. Uh, So so find somebody, you know, that has a virtual assistant. And that may prove to be a little bit more difficult Um, then for some people other rather than others, I will say that moving forward, I think more and more and more, you're going to find people out there who in fact do have virtual assistants. So somebody within your close circle of friends, uh, is going to have some experience that they can share with you and give you some personal recommendations, personal referrals, word of mouth. That's a great way to find a good virtual assistant. Um, another way is to just do a Google search. Just go out and search the phrase Google, um, uh, virtual assistant and you'll see there are literally thousands of options for you to choose out there. And of course, I would suggest another great place to turn to is ContemporaryVA.com. That's ContemporaryVA. And, of course, I do mention them because they are my sponsor for this podcast. This podcast would not exist on a weekly basis if it wasn't for my good friend Heather, who owns Contemporary VA. And, of course, we've done an interview with uh, Heather uh, two weeks ago. That's episode number four. If you want to learn more about uh, Contemporary VA Uh, I would certainly suggest uh, to you to check out episode four and then to contact um, them to let them know that you heard about them through us and that you're looking at hiring somebody there to be your virtual assistant. Because I will tell you, I when I started this podcast, when I thought about this podcast, I only had one sponsor in mind and it was Contemporary VA. And I was very thankful that she was open minded and she agreed right away uh, without any hesitation uh, to sponsor this show. And so we're very thankful to them for that. Well, anyway, folks, that's a half an hour here already, if you can believe it. And uh, I want to say a special thank you to Justin and to Lee for calling in. And uh, if you guys are out there and you have questions for the virtual assistant podcast, you can give me a call at 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Call that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. doesn't ring at the house or at the studio or anything like that. Just go straight to voicemail. I want to hear your questions. Also, are you a virtual assistant listening to this podcast episode? Then give me a call and let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Any question you hear posed here on this show... I would love to say, you know, you could call and say, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm a virtual assistant. The other day, somebody asked, how do you decide what to delegate? Uh, You had, Cliff, you had some great pointers there in episode six. I'd like to add to that list. Here are two or three other thoughts on this subject. Guys, I want to engage with you, Uh, so this is is a huge community effort here. If you've not heard of gspn.tv before, I really encourage you to check it out. This is an entire community of people who are looking to serve and benefit one another with information that we all have readily accessible to us you know and and so this isn't i want this to be an interactive and engaging uh conversation here so not just me talking every week not me just playing for you interviews but i want to include you in the show so if you're a virtual assistant and you have answers to these questions please give me a call 859-795-4067 Anyway, it's been a lot of fun. Next week, I think I'm going to share with you some top 10... Like, I think I'm going to give you tools to help you collaborate with your virtual assistant. So digital online tools to help you become more effective in uh, communicating with your virtual assistant, whether they be down the road, uh, in another state, or even in another country. Anyway, God bless you all. I'll be back next week. Until then, I encourage you to check out gspn.tv podcastanswerman.com and join the community. God bless y'all.